Greetings and welcome to Why So Political. I'm your host, Neha Yadavali, a high schooler living in the United States. Now, I'll be the first to say that while I do talk a lot about domestic issues and the gloomy state of this country, I really do appreciate living in a democracy at the end of the day. And while this country is nowhere near being perfect, there are worse places I could be living in. But this is a comfort only for a really short amount of time. Now in the past few years, so much has happened that really makes many people question how strong of a democracy the United States is. So much has happened in fact that results in many people questioning how strong the democracies of the world are. And I'm sure the majority of U.S. citizens would like to believe that this country gives freedom and liberty to all, but we would only be lying to ourselves. Because the truth is, we still have a long way to go before reaching a state of equality. An enormous amount of work has to be done to not only compensate for the backward steps our nation has taken, but to also put us forward to ensure that all citizens, not just men, not just the wealthy, but everyone has the liberty that this country so openly promises. Now, I place an emphasis on the word everyone, because thus far in our country's history, there have been so many groups of people who have been so grossly mistreated by the US government. Now today, I'm focusing on a very specific group that I feel often, too often, gets brushed under the rug, and that group is Native Americans. Now, it's absolutely no secret that this country is infamous for how colonists mistreated, brutally mistreated, and displaced Native Americans and how the American government went on to do the same later. And while we can try to convince ourselves that Native Americans have received retributions since then, those retributions aren't rectifying the situation that these people have been placed in. Now, when I throw around the idea that our country has gone backwards, I'm sure people would be able to associate that with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Many people feel that our country has gone back to the 1950s for women and people who have uteruses in general. Because yes, Roe v. Wade was a decision that left a lot of people hopeless, but not too many people are aware of another Supreme Court decision that was made shortly after Roe v. Wade was overturned. I know, yet another example of how certain minority groups get brushed under the rug. When I bring up the case Oklahoma v. Castro Huerta, I can imagine that not too many people are completely familiar with it or even familiar familiar at all. Honestly, I had to do a lot of digging as well because this case was not nearly as mainstream as the overturning of Roe. Well, Oklahoma v. Castro Huerta is a case that was decided by the Supreme Court of the United States on June 29, 2022, but it was argued prior on April 27, 2022. According to Ballotpedia, the case concerns state authority in Indian country and the scope of the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling in the 2020 case Maker v. Oklahoma. If you aren't familiar with this case, essentially it concerned whether Oklahoma state courts had jurisdiction to try a citizen of the Creek Nation for criminal matters. 
On July 9, 2020, the court reversed OCCA's decision in a 5-4 ruling, holding that under the Indian Major Crimes Act, land reserved for the Creek Nation in eastern Oklahoma constituted Indian country. As a result, the state of Oklahoma could not legally try a Creek citizen for criminal conduct in state court. Going back to Oklahoma v. Castro Huerta, in a 5-4 ruling, the court reversed the decision of the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals and remanded the case for further proceedings, holding that, quote, the federal government and the state have concurrent jurisdiction to prosecute crimes committed by non-Indians against Indians in Indian country. The majority opinion of this decision was written by Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who found that, quote, as a matter of state sovereignty, a state has jurisdiction over all of its territory, including Indian country. And the dissent opinion was written by Justice Neil Gorsuch, in which he noted that before it forcibly relocated the Cherokee Nation via the Trail of Tears beginning in the 1830s, the federal government made a promise to uphold the tribe's sovereign right to resist the state government that sought to destroy it, as told by NBC. He was also quick to state that, quote, where our predecessors refused to participate in one state's unlawful power grab at the expense of the Cherokee, today's court accedes to another's. This was a recent decision, yes. So why did I feel the need to talk about it? Well, the reason I felt that it was important to highlight this was because of the repercussions that Native Americans are going to face as a result of this ruling. Because they feel that this ruling directly undermines their autonomy, Native autonomy, which, considering the history of this nation, is a very valid worry to have. Their main concern revolves around the logic that this decision affects how crimes are prosecuted on reservations, so it upends nearly 200 years of presidents recognizing the rights of tribal nations to self-govern and have that autonomy. Elizabeth Reese is an assistant professor at Stanford Law School. And she's also a citizen of the Nambe Pueblo tribe. And in regards to the recent SCOTUS decision, she stated, quote, As a citizen of a tribal nation, I feel violated. Reese said of the court's ruling, After fighting for our own independence and then negotiating the shared situation with the federal government for so long, it's just an erosion of our ability to be the governments that we are." End quote. Look, I understand that while some people may be able to look at Justice Brett Kavanaugh's reasoning for making this decision and think that it is logical in theory, it's so incredibly important to look at the history of this country and realize all of the gross injustices and oversteps of boundaries that the United States government, state governments especially, have subjugated Native Americans to. This decision undermines their sovereignty in such a forceful way, and it truly feels as if they are going backwards as a nation and just undoing all the progress that was made over the past, say, 50 years. And yes, while we have come a long way, 
Our government is failing us by making so many decisions that set us backwards. Now, I would highly suggest that if you haven't already, you may want to consider listening to my podcast episode prior to this one where I delve into the reasons why we should have age limits in government positions, maximum age limits. And I truly feel that there are definitely, there definitely should be one in the Supreme Court. Our country truly would benefit from younger voices. That concludes this episode of Why So Political. If you like what you heard, come back next Monday at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Thank you so much.